you are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. Today, I want to share from, with you from the book of Acts uh, a message today in Jesus Builds His Church. They kept right on. They kept right on. We're going to go to Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They kept right on. As a kid... Something possessed me. I was wired this way. If you told me no, that I could not do something, I was obsessed. No meant go in my vocabulary. Sometimes it was good, and then sometimes it was not so good. Uh, i never forget, we were at a uh, one evening at church, so a family from the church, and they had a they had a barn and a house and uh, with two story with an attic, and it was in the middle of the winter time up in Maine, and so um, I was throwing snowballs as kids to see if we could throw it over the roof of the house. How many can see what's coming? And one of the adults said, D- "Don't." Don't throw, don't, you're going to break a window up there. And as soon as they closed the door, guess what that meant? Press the, the snowball tighter till it gets to be an ice ball, and it'll give it more mass and give it a mighty heave-ho. And I threw that thing, and guess what happened? I busted the window out. Sometimes perseverance is, is good. Sometimes it's not so good. But in the New Testament, Perseverance is a godly character, and if you if you uh, would go on uh, like BibleGateway.com or the uh, YouVersion Bible app, and you can search for certain things. Just search perseverance, and you'll see how that runs. It says, and they and to godly character add perseverance, and they did miracles with perseverance, and they persevered in spite of the things that were against them. And the early church in, in chapters uh, 4, 5, and 6, chapters 1 through 4, the early church, uh, Luke the physician, Dr. Luke, wrote about these great high watermarks, these victories, thousands coming to the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ, miracles, and uh, it was just one thing after another, and there were Along with this, there started to be sprinkled in some persecution of the church, but it didn't get really serious until Acts chapter 4, and you remember last week, um, and Pastor Bobby, I thought, did just a wonderful, wonderful job on uh, talking about uh, how the church responded to persecution in that day through prayer, and how in the book of Acts, Uh, Together prayer is mentioned over and over and over and over. When the church prays together, the church is powerful. 
But in Acts chapter 4, then particularly in verse in chapters 5 and 6, Luke now writes about what it means to serve the Lord where the rubber meets the road. And how many know that sooner or, la or later in a relationship, the rubber meets the road? How many know that? Yes. And uh, every person, every bride that I've ever married walks up the aisle. They are absolutely beaming of that day. But how many know that sometime, guaranteed, after the wedding, the rubber, what, it meets the road. And in Acts chapter 5 and 6, the rubber meets the road. The context of Jesus building his church in the book of Acts is a context that is a lot like what we are living in today, the world that we are living in. The early church and the American church both started with great favor, but that favor was replaced with the culture around them intentionally marginalizing and then persecuting the church and the people of God. But Jesus said he would build his church. Amen? He said the gates of hell would not prevail. And the book of Acts was written as that account, and there's no ending to the book of Acts. I believe that we are still writing through us his story and it's be recorded in heaven. The main theme I want to share with you today, a disciple's choice. There are three things that will hinder us. They will either hinder us or make us stronger. They're holy boldness, godly character, and personal conflicts. You see, any, any personal relationship, any organization, any city, town, there's certain things that come that become defining, a defining intersection of whether that entity or that individual or that church will move forward or they will, they will be defined by stopping, letting those, something hinder them or they'll be defined by that particular intersection that propelled them forward and in the church and in our lives forward to what God has for us. I read something this past week and it's this, that during challenging times, whether it's serving the Lord or in the church, in our relationships, we can either quit or we can commit, but both hurt. How many found that out? As you work out things in your marriage, um, we commit to working them out. But how many know, even when we commit to moving forward, it's not a bed of roses? How many know that? That's not how it works. But, but, but. Quitting can define us, and it brings defeat. But committing makes us better, and it brings glory to God. Praise his name. And I want to share with you, there are three things in Acts chapter 5 and 6 that became defining watermarks for the church that I believe are defining watermarks for our church, for our lives, and the cause of Jesus Christ. The first is holy boldness, Acts 4, 29 and 31. 
And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservants may speak your word with all confidence. While you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had, where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. One of the most powerful and effective callings that we have as a church and as the people of God is the calling to be God's voice in this world, a voice of hope, a voice of safety, of evangelism, salvation, healing, deliverance, provision. In fact, 1 Peter 2.9 says, for you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood, that you were called to declare the marvelous works of him who called you from darkness into light. If the enemy of our soul, if hell's power can shame the church not to speak, Satan has accomplished his work and the church loses its voice and loses its power. Do you know that the enemy of our souls is content, absolutely content and, and struts around in hell when the only voice that the church has is on Sunday morning. How many understand that? Just within these four walls. He's content to let that go on. What he fear, fears is the church and the people that are the voice of God, bearing witness to God that he is the King of kings, he is the Lord of lords, and that God is sovereign. In Acts chapter 4, 29 through 31, as they prayed, they prayed to the Lord, and the, the enemies of God and his purpose had gathered into Jerusalem. And the powers that be, uh, governments that were there, religious organizations that were there, and they began to bring persecution against the church. And the church prayed something that was really curious. The church prayed and said, Lord, oh now Lord, sovereign God, you have allowed these things to happen so that your, what your will that you have predestined will occur. Now that's, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to understand, is it? isn't it? But I want to I share with you this morning the world that we live in, and it increasingly marginalizes the church. I don't know if you're aware of it. I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but, I, but I, as a pastor, my, one of my callings is to declare God's word to us. The church is increasingly being marginalized and intentionally there's persecution against the church. If you, if you read and you follow things in the media, you will find that the church is being blamed more and more for the problems in America. How many have noticed that? I, I, thought, that, I thought that we were living righteous lives and I didn't, I had, didn't have an idea that anyone would think to blame good, hard-working people like yourself that are in church. You love the Lord. You're, you're trying to bring your children up to do what is right. We're trying to affect our community. We're trying to affect our world. 
But there is a spirit in this world that was present in the book of Acts and today that wants to marginalize and even snuff out the church of the living God. And so God has called us, in spite of this, to be his voice. In fact, John the Revelator wrote that, he wrote in the book of Revelation, that the church overcame the world by the blood of the Lamb and by the what? The, the word of their testimony. So if you're online today, would you just put that in the comments, say, just put word of my testimony, word of my testimony. And so the early church, what they did in response, they asked for confidence and God gave them boldness. Confidence. And God gave them boldness. You see, if, if your school, if your workplace, if your neighbors, your associates, your peers, if when we become, when we're silent, when we're ashamed to mention the name of Jesus, if we're ashamed in the restaurant to bow our heads and give thanks to God for the meal that we're about to, about to partake of, we, we have an effect blended in to the culture around us. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? When the, your neighbor has a situation if you can say, we will pray for you, or we'll visit you, or we'll help you, and they're aware that you're a person who loves the Lord, all of a sudden, he, holy, 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 receives the glory. But if we just stand by, the enemy triumphs in that situation. I was, uh, I, I was uh, just 14, and, and I went out. And decided to play football for the high school, Blakely Bears. Blakely Bears were, they used to classify schools as A, B, C. And we were a class C school. We have, we'd have 80 people to a big graduating class was 100 people. And we played, all, we were the, I think the smallest school in the conference. And um, we had won 52 straight games we had won, um, in, during that time, we were conference champions, and we, we played large high schools like Shikalemi, and they were high schools of literally, they would have 400 or more in a graduating class. They were big high schools compared to, to us up in near Scranton, Pennsylvania, up in coal country. But uh, we were a good team. And I remember as a 14-year-old, I, I went into that locker room for the first time, and I saw these signs on the walls that said, the Blakely Bears, they take a licking, but they keep on ticking. Okay, that was expected. I remember this, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, Blakely Bears. And so we were surrounded by that kind of influence that you never quit, you just keep on going. And so as a 14-year-old uh, and hopes and aspirations, because we had a great uh, tradition at our high school. We had, uh, in fact, 11 of my graduating senior class went on to full football scholarships. And I'm not talking about rinky-dink places. I'm talking about uh, Penn State University, where my dear friend Jack uh, played and started for four years. I'm talking about 
Notre Dame. How many, you hear what I'm saying? This was not rinky-dink stuff. This wasn't, this wasn't playground football. And they were, they were very good. But, and, and in the, the senior class that we had, we had these guys that would go on, University of Arkansas, University of Arizona. I mean, these were big, tough guys. And I'm a kid. I weighed 150 pounds. And these were brutes. I mean, these were big, tough guys. And, and <laughs> it was a different day and time. I understand that. But it, I stepped on one of their toes in practice, and that guy whacked me in the head so hard. And, you know, part of me, this little, this kid that's 14, I wanted to say, that's not fair, coach. You need to do something. That would have got a ha, ha, ha. If you aren't tough enough, you know, just head on back home. How many, you know what I'm talking. So, but, but in those days, we also had church on Sunday night. One of the things that my parents had instilled in us was that our loyalty was to God first of all. And so nothing would come between us and the Lord, and that included assembling together. So on, on Sunday nights, uh, we always had game film, and, and I, I just I wasn't allowed to participate. I just wasn't. I'm, we had church, and so that's where we belong. So someone asked me, a guy by the name of Ernie, that was a great local hero. He said, well, hey, kid, why don't you come to game film on Sunday nights? Well, we didn't, as a freshman, I didn't have to, but it was expected, sort of like OTAs with the, Raymond, with the Ravens. And so, I, you know, I just said, well, I got church. Well, it wasn't long after that that Ernie gave his life to the Lord. He was the last person that I, ever, that I ever expected, that I could influence. And my dad asked him, he said, what? He called him and he met with him. He said, what, what occasion, you know? He said, you know your son? He said, There's some, he has something, something that I want that I don't have. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said, he doesn't go on Sunday nights because he said church is more important to him. And he said, it's for that reason I decided to start coming, and he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say praise God? Now, that was a little mark of boldness, and I have to admit, I don't know that if I was left to my own purposes, if I would have been that bold. But my mom and dad were certainly bold for me. In Acts chapter 5, verse 40 and 42, so they, this is what God's Word says, is that... Um, they brought them in. Uh, they, the disciples had continued to, to keep right on preaching and teaching. And uh, so the religious leaders bring them in, and now they were going to kill them. You could read this. They had, they're going to kill them. They brought them in, and they brought charges against them. They're going to snuff out these apostles because people are being saved and healed. The Lord was being glorified. And Gamaliel, who was a wise, uh, a, a wise man among them, stood up and said, Brethren, I wouldn't do this because um, if this isn't of God, it's going to fizzle out. But if it is of God, you, you don't want to be on the wrong side. And so what they, this is what they did. This is what they, they said, okay, all right, we won't kill them, but we're going to bring them in and they flog them. Do you know what flogging meant? 39 lashes. Jesus was flogged. That was part of the crucifixion. And they told them, do not teach in the name of Jesus or preach anymore. 
And God's word says this, they went out and they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Now, church, from my heart this morning, I believe that we need to ask the Lord for confidence in him because the spirit of this day is to take our confidence away in the Lord. How many understand that? And when we ask God for confidence in the Lord, he will give us boldness. Now, holy boldness is not, it's not in your, it's not uh, Turner Burn, it's not uh, denouncing people, it's not, it, it's not castigating them. It's not that at all, but it's being the presence of Jesus where the presence of Jesus is needed to be God's voice in this world. The second thing I want to share with you is this, is that character counts. Character counts. Um, this is the rubber meets the road Christianity. So um, they kept right on, and the Lord was adding to the church. So we read this. Uh, uh, I'll tell the story to you about Ananias and Sapphira, but I want to read 1 Corinthians 3, 16, first of all. 1 Corinthians says, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So in Acts chapter 5, it opens up, and the Lord had moved so mightily that people were selling their possessions to meet the needs of everyone. It was a, a powerful move of God. So a guy by the name of Ananias and his wife Sapphira, they, they sell a piece of property. That, that was good. They hit the bubble just right. You know, the house, they hit it just right. And they bought low and they sold high. And so Ananias comes in and he says to Peter, he said, we, saw, we, we sold this land and uh, this is what we sold it for. And here it's all yours. And Peter looked at him and said, why, why, why are you saying this? You didn't sell it for this. You sold it for more. He said, you didn't have, and what you sold it for, that, that's yours. But he said, don't you realize that you, lie, you have lied not only to man, but to God? Now, this is what happened. Ananias falls over dead. Now, do you think what would <laughs> do you think that would get people's attention if they fell over dead, right? So three hours later, and I don't understand this, three hours later, here comes Sapphira. She's sashaying in, had a new change of clothes, she's really feeling something like something else. She comes in. What she didn't realize that the young men who carried, had carried uh, Ananias out had already buried him. Now, I, I, don't know, I don't know what that's all about. But Peter says, did you sell this for such and such? She said, oh, yes, we did. And he said, don't you realize the same ones that take, took your husband out, they're going to take you out too, and she falls dead. Now, I'm glad that God is gracious to you and me. How about you? Yes. Now, you say, well, Pastor Paul, why was that in, in the book of Acts? Because Jesus was building his church, and what he was saying, friends, is that character, 
for the people of God counts. It was descriptive, not prescriptive. If it was, if that was prescriptive means that's the pattern, that's the way it's always going to happen, I don't know if any of us would be in church today. Now, I'll begin with myself. Um, if, if there was something that we did that wasn't right, and if that was the case, you know, we'd all be dropping like flies, but thank God for his mercy in our lives. The takeaways are this, is that transparency and a clean heart are essential to grow and prosper in the Lord no matter who you are. They become defining moments for us. And David said, Create in me, O Lord, a clean heart and a right spirit, and take not your Holy Spirit away from me. And our sins, that's what the Scripture calls them, affect not only us, but they affect other people. That's why God allowed this to happen, and it only happened once that we know in, 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 in the biblical times, in, in the book of Acts, to say that among the people of God, character really does count. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, pray that we will have a transparent heart towards the Lord, that we'll understand that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and that we'll be filled with generosity, and our heart will be tender towards the Lord. And the, the results of it, the church kept on, right on, and they kept growing. The third thing I want to share with you this morning, the third defining moment, is godly solutions for people problems. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. So, now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose, a complaint arose. Now imagine that, that a complaint would ever arise in the church. Are you serious? Those people, I thought the early church was... That's what we model ourselves. Well, we try to model ourselves after most of the stuff, but not that. A complaint arose. Wherever there are two people together, there's going to be people problems. How many understand that? So it arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews. These Hellenistic Jews were those that were. Um, uh, they were Gentile Jews, is what were they? They were followers of, of of the Jewish law, and now followers of Jesus against the native Hebrews. That's the Israelite Jews, who thought they were the real deal. They were the the real the real 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 deal, and sort of everyone else's second class. And because the widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food, so there was a complaint. We don't know if it was legitimate, but we do know there was a complaint. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom of whom we may put in charge of this task. 
and, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So the statement found approval, and they selected these people. We're going to go to the next verse. And these they brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. And then the word of God kept on spreading. Do you see that? Kept on, and the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. I'm going to have the band come if they would. Wherever there's people, there will be problems, problems. How we handle those problems, how we handle those complaints will determine the destiny that God has for us. Um, my, uh, I grew up in the home, I was the oldest of four children, and I shared a bedroom uh, in all of my life with my brother Phil, and we're, I don't know, not quite three years of age apart. And so, in our formative years, we were in, um, we were in the, the third floor. It had been an attic, it had been converted for guys, for us, and there was boxing gloves, wallpaper, back in the wallpaper days, baseball bats and football helmets and all that. And it was, we loved it because it was a long way up there for our mom and dad to come. And so they left us alone. So uh, guys being guys, I mean, 14, 15 years old, um, let me put it this way. Orderliness and cleanliness and neatness were not on the top of our list. And so there was a, a rule that uh, we had to, had to bring all of our dirty laundry down on Saturdays. So guess what that gave us? That gave us six days. We could just drop it wherever we wanted it. Now I know none of you guys would ever do anything like that. All right. So we had several years like that. Yes. It was just wonderful. So I married my dear wife, and Chris, as many of you know, grew up in a, a German home. They were all born in Germany, including herself. And she was the middle girl in the middle of all these boys, five boys. And so her job and, and where they came from to be a female, there was not and be a middle female, there wasn't any status to that at all. And so guess what her job was for her brothers to pick up their dirty socks, to pick up other dirty things I won't mention, mention this morning, their unmentionables. She had to collect it all and put it in, in the laundry. And as you can imagine, she didn't like that, but she was outvoted in that house, and so she did it. So she marries me. Do you see what's happening here? Her expectations and my expectations were, they, I mean, they, they were different. Two people, and it doesn't get any closer in proximity than being married. So I went on my merry ways. And Chris said to me, I really, she, she did it for a while. And she said, I, I really want you to, you know, I want you to, well, she doesn't talk like that. She's very direct when she talks to me. Let me put it that way. But, and I just sort of blew it off. Well, 
finally, after a while, things came to a head, and I won't tell you what was said, and I won't tell you what she did, but I will tell you, you can go in my home right now, and all my dirty clothes are in the hamper. That's all I'll tell you, all right? We got something straight, and we've had a good marriage, and we've got a good home. Now, where, church, where this, where, where, so the apostles seek the Lord, and God has a solution when there's people problems. God has a solution for you. He has a solution for His church. If you're part of the church, what you do will either glorify God and it will help other people or it will set you back and also might affect other people. The apostle said, pick out seven men full of good repute, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And this was just to wait on tables. This idea sometimes that people have, well, the church is really lucky to have me because of what I do. Listen, how many, how many know none of us are worthy except that he has saved us, he has called us. The church isn't lucky to have any of us. Jesus isn't lucky to have any of us. He gave it all. You and I are the reward of his suffering. He is holy, 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 holy is his work, his church. And so they said, let us devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. And you all picked these guys out. And when they did that, they were all engaged. You read what the Scripture says, and the church kept on growing, and the Lord was adding to the church daily. I want to talk with you just for a moment about offenses, what this is really about when the Scripture says a complaint arose, someone was offended. Someone was offended. Someone was offended. The offended heart, if not taken care of, will take you further than you ever wanted to go. The offended heart causes serious spiritual consequences. I've often, I've asked myself, Lord, what if the apostles did not seek you? And what if the whole church hadn't agreed that this is the way they're going to handle things and this strategic decision is made, where would the church be right now? But they said, yes, we're going to do that. Do you know that people don't stumble over boulders, that we pretty much stumble over stones? You're aware of that? The other, we have this stainless steel trash can in our, in our kitchen, and it's got this I love it because you just got this little thing at the bottom. You press it with your foot and the top pops up. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I love that thing. Put, press it. I don't put the garbage in there. Every couple of days you take it on out. The other morning I woke up before I was really awake. And I went, I guess I was headed for the coffee maker I got too close to that stainless steel can, and guess what I stumbled over? The little lever that sticks out this far, and I thought someone had ripped my big toe off. And I'm going to... Anyway, I looked down. There's no blood. It felt like I was traumatized. But do you know most of the things that we get offended over are really little in the big scope of things? We'll make decisions. If we don't surrender this to the Lord, where family won't talk to family, and it can go on for years. 
You know, things can happen in church. We get offended over little things, not big things. I want to encourage you. This is how, this is how God can help you with those offenses. Uh, if there's one thing, there's a few things I know. Is first of all that life isn't fair. How many understand life is not fair? Life is not fair. Second is you're not going to get what you want all the time. Even if you're right, not everyone's going to see it your way. Even if you're right. But God will do something in your life. If we take this to the Lord in prayer and we release it to the Lord and we forgive that individual. How many hear what I'm saying? When we forgive that offense, our humanity just drains out of our heart. It's no longer filled with sensitivity. It's no longer filled with pride. And we release this to the Lord. And when we're offended, we want, we want to get even with the other person. We want them to hurt like we've been hurt. When we, re- when we release it to the Lord and we forgive, forgiveness is God's secret weapon that the world will never know about. Can someone say praise God? Yes. Yes. Does it, does it mean that we have to take ownership if we're in the wrong? Yeah, it means that. But I'm telling you, the conviction of the Lord And the restoration of the Lord is so good, so sweet, so strong. The Lord wants us to know that offenses become opportunities for His transformation in our lives. That's what God has for you and for me. There are things that define us in the early church and in the church today and our followers of Jesus. It was, if we'll be silenced, or will we be confident and holy bold? Character, that can define us for good or for bad. People problems, how we deal with people problems will define us. As for me, I, I want to be known as a person. I want to be known as a person who says to the enemy, you have no room here for me. There's no room in my life for you. None whatsoever. Get the H-E double hockey sticks out of here. In Jesus' name, of course. Let's get out of here. There's no room for you. And the record will be for you and for me. Listen. And they kept right on. Praise God. They kept right on. Praise His holy name forever and ever and ever. Praise God. Stand with me this morning. We're going to look to the Lord. Yeah, would you bow your heads with me? First of all, if, God, if God's Word is ministered to you this morning, would you raise your hand and we're going to have an agreeing prayer. Just raise your hand this morning. Along with mine, yes, thank you. Prayer teams, we have prayer teams this morning. Would you come? We'll have one over here in English, one over here in Spanish, and then another one in English. If you'd come right now, if you need prayer, I'm going to ask you to come while we while we sing a part of this song and worship the Lord. If you're here this morning and you you say, Pastor, I want to trust myself to the Lord. I want to receive Him as my Lord and Savior. If you'd come this morning, you just raise your hand, just indicate that. 
then you come and you tell people, say, I need you to pray for me for this. They'll be faithful to pray with you and for you. Let's begin to worship the Lord and you come right now for prayer. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Church, we bow your head. I want to pray for you. I want to bless you in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we, we are so grateful, Lord, for your presence in our life, for your transforming power. We're so grateful, Lord, that you have called us to be the people of God. Lord, that you've included us. We, we are thankful, Lord, that even that we can be counted worthy to suffer for your name. Lord, and we ask for confidence today in you confidence in you and in your word. Lord, confidence that as we pray, Lord, your spirit fills us. Lord, we ask that we would uh, fill us and our character would bear witness to who God is. Lord, the character counts and that we are the, the temple of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you are building us up and we're all living stones and and our witness, our testimony to this world really, really do make a difference. Lord, I thank you that for every, every people problem, Lord, you have more than one solution. Lord, you have something that, Lord, that it will thwart the enemy. It will stop him in his tracks and you will receive the glory and we will feel your life-giving spirit flow to us and victory will be in our heart. We thank you for it. Lord, I commend your people to you, this, this place called Grace, and everyone that's visiting today, I commend them to you, Lord, to your grace, to your power, to your uh, keeping love. We thank you that your grace will shine on us. Your favor will be ours. It's in Jesus' strong name I pray and declare these things. Amen. Praise God. God love you. I love you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.